Hey, it's your host, Charlotte Chipperfield, and welcome to the Holistic Marketing Podcast, the show that inspires you to think holistically about yourself, your business, and your marketing to ignite the impact you desire to have in the world. We'll learn what it takes to be seen and heard in the digital space from leading experts and myself as the founder and CEO of Chipperfield Media. Get ready to own your marketing by exploring the intersection of purpose and proactive marketing to move your business forward. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Marketing Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Brie Follow of all things Instagram. Brie is a brand strategist and business coach helping business owners understand the ins and outs of Instagram and how to leverage the tool as part of our marketing tool belts. So welcome, Brie. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. Yes, so excited to have this conversation about Instagram today. Me too. And we're, yes, it's such an in-depth and exciting platform and conversation. But before we dive into all the juicy details, I'd love for you to just give everyone a little bit more information about who you are and what your mission is. Yeah, so hi, everyone. I am Brie Fallow of Brie Fallow Consulting. Um, I'm a brand and visualization strategist, and I specialize in Instagram. Um, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, but I've lived in Brooklyn, New York for the last 12 years, which is so weird to me. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of time studying marketing and advertising in college, um, and it wasn't until I ended up working with an influencer that I learned about the power of Instagram and how instant is in the name. And so it's really easy to convert clients and get a return on your investment. So my mission is to help small business owners, coaches, financial advisors, fill in the blank, uh, tell their brand story continuously and close high ticket deals on the platform. I love that. I think so often Instagram is really talked about as like a content platform. And yes, it's a place to share your influence. But when we're really talking about how do you leverage it as a conversion tool to get more clients, I think that's where a lot of people get kind of overwhelmed or confused and aren't sure how to approach it. So I love that you you focus on that. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about that as we dive into this conversation. Yes. <laughs> So how would you, if you're like an entrepreneur or business owner really thinking about using Instagram as a part of your marketing strategy, what's kind of the mindset you might have or what are things to be thinking about? Yes, no, great question. So most of my clients that have come to me, they are pretty flustered <laughs> with all the options out there between TikTok and Pinterest, Instagram. Um, so what I like to do with my clients is do a brain dump and think about where their potential clients are and how we can reach them most efficiently um, and really understanding that's where the education part comes in on what is the platform? How do you use Instagram? There's so many elements. There's the bio, obviously, the post, IGTV, and then the beautiful highlights. So thinking about how much time you want to spend on a platform to, to market and then we'll make a plan for you to incorporate your strategies and put it on Instagram so that your clients can find you quickly. Yes, that's great. I think it's always really important to be thinking about where people are showing up online. But I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into what you were just talking about as far as like the different factors that are available on Instagram, like the stories and the posts. And if you're thinking about like how much time that might go into being able to show up on that platform consistently and the amount of 
content to be producing for the different IGTVs and the feed and the stories, kind of, do you have a recommendation for when, how much time people should be budgeting to invest in the platform? Yes, no, great question. This comes up a lot because <laughs> there's only so much time in the day, right? So it really depends on how much time you have. So that's where the, the strategy comes in in, in our one on one discovery call. Um, my clients spend an average of 15 minutes a day. That's it. And the main reason is because the algorithm, um, which is a word that's been thrown around a lot, right? What that means for Instagram is that Instagram is trying to categorize you and your business. And so uh, when it comes to time, it's a, it's a pretty broad question. Um, but if you have tapped into the algorithm and, and Instagram knows who you are and what your business is about, when people are talking around their phone, your information can pop up first. And that's what's happened for me and some of my clients. So it really eliminates spending a ton of time doing your marketing efforts, right? And I, something that's something that I drive home um, pretty frequently is that you will know if you are getting traction on Instagram because people will start to, to direct message you. So on average, I mean, on, on a longer week, I might spend an hour total on Instagram, but usually it's not more than 15 minutes a day. Awesome. And do you find that 15 minutes of the day is focused more on engaging with other people or is it posting and engaging or is it more focused on your content? Yeah, really great question. So mainly it's me responding to direct messages that I've gotten and my clients have gotten. Um, But stories is where I put a majority of the time. I actually haven't posted in I think two years um, because I wasn't getting any traction there. When it comes to IG, what I'm finding is that people will see your information in the stories and then it goes highlights, then it goes IGTV and then post. So I found even with myself and some of my clients, I was spending a lot of time just pumping out content, content on posts and getting very little traction and very little likes. And, you know, I have a whole theory when it comes to likes and followers based upon working with influencers and working with small business um, entrepreneurs. Um followers actually are not as important as most people think. Yes, I can't agree with you more. And I want to dive into that. But I'm like, oh my God, you haven't posted on your feed in two years. Two years, <laughs> yeah. But my but my stories keep my audience engaged and up to date with the promos that I have going on and what I'm doing in my life and switches. And that's like kind of the snapshot that people are needing to to know, okay, what's what is Brie doing today? What is her company about what, it, what is happening in her world. The posts, don't get me wrong, are very important, right? So I have some pretty solid posts where people understand, you know, again, what I specialize in and my pricing, but the stories is what really keeps the story going along. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> the most appropriate pun ever. I love it. Right, right. I didn't even try. <laughs> Um, yes, I agree with you. I think stories is definitely where a lot of people spend their time and it's really easy once you click on one that they're continually running. And I know that as far as like data coming from Instagram, there are more people now watching stories than are, you know, engaging in the feed. And so I think the stories are an incredibly important piece of the strategy, um, with some of your content on your, your profile maybe is about having some really core pieces that explain who you are and right. offer some tips, but um, like you said, kind of that more interactive piece is is where a lot of people are spending their time. I try to keep myself up to date and continue education. And that's something that they were saying in the Business Insider that, um, like the magazine platform, that 90% of business is actually conducted in the stories versus other places on Instagram. Yes, 
I, I think that's great. And I think there's so many awesome tools in the stories too, to get people in to, to engage. If it, you know, just be an easy, quick reaction or using some of those engagement tools, like polling people or asking questions. Right. Um, one of the strategies I love is that when you're talking about maybe a course you have or an offer, you can actually put in, what is it? The I think it's like you ask a question and it populates yes or no answer, but you can type in different answers. So right. one of the answers you can say, like, if you're interested in learning more, you could have like, yes, I want to learn more. Or it's like, send me a DM, which is basically a follower who then if they select, yes, I want to learn more, send me a DM is giving you permission to reach out and then have more of a sales conversation. And so I think that's such a great way to engage, especially those, those who are interested right there in the moment versus trying to get them to your website or get on an email list. It's like you can have that direct one-on-one conversation in the DMs. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to mention the amazing analytics, right? You can see who is on your on your profile, where they're at, their age, their sex, um, <laughs> you know, where they're located in the world. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. I love the data that Instagram yes. provides. Absolutely. And I do want to come back to data in a moment, but I want to go back to what you said earlier about followers and what what does the meaning behind the number of followers you have? I think we probably align with this philosophy a little bit, but I'd love for you to dive into more what you called your likes and follower theory and, and what role do followers play? Yes, yes. So um, I'll back up a little bit. So I was actually a celebrity nanny for several years, and I saw that my clients at the time were using Instagram, but using it a little bit differently um, than I expected. I thought that they might be more on YouTube or TikTok, but the main focus was IG. Um, now, these celebrities had big followings, right? So I was a little over, you know, whelmed and intimidated, like, well, wow, they have 400,000 followers or 1.3 million, right? Like the Kardashians, they have tons of followers, but it wasn't until I worked with a woman named Saidi Sylvia, who is an influencer, a woman literally that just became pregnant and did not know about motherhood and use Instagram to educate herself and to, to gain community. She has a lot of followers and now she uses her followers versus, or excuse me, divided by her likes to pitch to brands so she can represent their products or their services and talk about them and get paid. So what I found through working with her is that, yes, followers are great because that can be a number that will tell you how many people are potentially, you know, following, quote unquote, you. But who knows if they're actually engaging in buying your product if you are a business owner. Um, And so with that equation, which was the followers divided by the likes, if there's a 1% factor, that's when you can pitch yourself to these big brands as as such as she she was working with Uber and Colgate Toothpaste. I mean, so many places, Nordstrom's, right? Well, if you're not a small business or a business owner that's pitching to to work with another company, followers and likes are not necessarily should be your focus. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. I think that engagement is always more valuable than the number of followers you have. And I've had people in the past be like, well, I want like a millions of followers like Beyonce. And I was like, well, that's great. But if no one's engaging, <laughs> right. then, then it doesn't look, it actually looks worse than if you had less followers, but people were engaging. Right. Absolutely. And and it's funny, people will come to me and say, oh, I have 20,000 followers and or, you know, 13,000 followers. And I'm like, that's amazing. Great. 
And they're like, well, now what? I'm like, well, is that converting? Like, <laughs> is that money in your pocket, baby? If it's not, then, then we need to switch some things up because we want, obviously, that return and investment. And the investment could be your time, right? It takes a lot of effort to build followers like that, but you're wanting people to actually purchase what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for building your following? So if you're just kind of getting started or maybe your your account's been kind of um, dormant for a little while, like what's what are your recommendations for kind of re-energizing an account? Yes, yeah, really great question. So what I tell my clients is we need to be social on social media, right? So thinking about collaborations, who can come on your platform? And it's what I call client sharing, right? Or audience sharing. There's someone that I... We might be speaking about a matter and someone that is following you is not necessarily following me. And then that's a really easy way to say, oh, I really enjoy them. Let me follow them. Not to mention people that are in your industry, following them, seeing what they're doing and engaging with some of their audience members. Right. Um, obviously, there is a um, better way to, to go about it. Right. You don't want to go on somebody's platform and say, hey, you know forget them and work with me, right? We want to obviously not burn any bridges, but it's totally fine to engage with people organically and say, hey, I saw that you liked this. I liked it too. What are your thoughts on this? And start the conversation, build community, and then potentially people follow you. But the nice thing about IG is once somebody touches your page, they're constantly reminded about what you're doing. So going back to, again, followers are amazing, um, but not necessary to have a, a functional sustainable business on IG. Yes, absolutely. If I could like bow down to you right now, I would because that was like <laughs> what I feel like I was saying all the time too, is it's like, you have to be social on social. It's right. not just like this avenue where you pump out a bunch of content and people magically love you and engage. It's like, it is, it's just like networking in real life. You have to absolutely. show up and you have to engage. So I cannot highlight that enough. You have to be social on social media. And that's a big part of the strategy. It's not just the content, but it's also spending the time making those connections. Right. And with my clients, so we do a lot of brain dumping, right? Because we want this to be fun. If you, if this is something that's on the you know to-do list and you're dreading it, people are going to feel that. And they're going to know that you're just posting because you have to, you know, three posts a week. Here we go. No, no, no. We want people to really engage and actually feel you, see you, you know, potentially even taste what you you have to offer if you're a chef or something, right? We want people to really feel like, wow, this is a community and I actually like this person. Building that, you know, no like and trust factor is really key. Absolutely. Yes. It has to be fun. <laughs> it really does. So let's talk about maybe like how, as you're setting up your profile and, you know, Instagram has a couple different profiles. You can have a personal profile or a business account. And so maybe if you have any recommendations for when a business owner should choose a personal account versus a business account, do they keep their personal and business separate? What are your recommendations? There? Oh, I love this question. I love it. So if Instagram was a person, right? So it was a man. I always say that Instagram is a gentleman, right? <laughs> if it's a person. And what I mean by that is if you have a personal account and it's private, that's what it will be. It will be private. It will be personal. But when you select business, ah, Instagram now knows that, okay, you are looking potentially for clients to engage with you, right? That's where it can, again, spark the algorithm and start sending your information in front of people that are talking about something either similar to what you're offering 
or exactly what you're offering. Um, now, there's always that question of, should I have two profiles, a personal and a business? I personally feel like it's it's hard to manage two or or three or four. <laughs> I've had clients come to me that have five Instagrams. I'm like, that's a lot of work, sis, or bro. That's, <laughs> that's a large option to try to manage. Um, so I like combining the two, and it's what I call the 80-20 rule. 80% about you and your life, again, the no like and trust factor, and then 20% about what you're offering, client uh, testimonials and client wins, et cetera. Um, and the reason I have that, you know, that that number, 80-20, is because no one really likes to go to uh, a platform and just be bombarded by, I need you to buy this and that and this and that. We want it to make sure that it's kosher and that it flows. Not too salesy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That is so true. Yeah, we always, we know when we're being so sold to. I think everyone's very wise and on to that now. And so it is really important to offer that value first, but then also invite people to take that next step. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love your point too about having, you know, the more accounts you have, the more work that is and more time to manage all of those accounts. So yes, I think it's really good to look at, you know, if you're a one person show, then having just one account, I think is great. Maybe, you know, the founder does have an account and the business has account. If you're really trying to build something bigger, like a product company, something like that. So I think, again, it's really important to look at what is the strategy? What is the goal? And do you have a face to the brand as well? Yeah, absolutely. Simplifying is uh, my best, <laughs> the best word to describe, I think, my business. I want people to use Instagram as a tool, but then also free up some time so they can actually put energy and continue education about the industry that they're in um, with so many platforms or excuse me, not platforms, but accounts, um, sometimes you'll miss messages, right? And that's not a good look for a business owner. Or sometimes it won't connect or there's just more room for error when it comes to how your business is functioning. Right. Absolutely. Simplifying is my favorite word when it comes to marketing and business. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So let's break down some of the best practices for Instagram when it comes to maybe post frequency and when to post. And I know you've talked a little bit about how you personally haven't been posting on your feed, but I'd love to hear what your recommendations are for business if they are kind of thinking about using the different tools that are available within Instagram. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, I chose not to post because I was getting little traction and it was a lot of time and I'm not really a in my opinion, a strong writer. Some people would disagree, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you're not bombarding your potential client with too much, you know? Um, So I personally do not post because I was getting little traction. However, my clients that like posting and I make sure that they know that if you are posting, it should be, you know, pretty lengthy for the people that like to read. Um, I would say anywhere between two or three times a week at most because you don't want to bombard your potential clients or your audience, right? Sometimes less is more. Um, I prefer that people do two solid posts a week or every other week and it actually be substantial and have real information about what they're offering versus just throwing things out there, spaghetti on the wall and not getting any traction. Yep. Can't agree with that more. I think that's really important. Do you have recommendations as far as like 
time of day to post or is that something that you don't really factor in? No, no, that's a great factor. Yeah, it really depends on the industry and that's where the data and the analytics come in, right? Depending on what your industry is, there'll be a better time to post or to do a story. Um, But on the other side, right, you can always train your audience to know when you are going to be posting and when you're going to be going live um, by giving them a heads up in your story saying, okay, every Wednesday, I'm going to have a wonderful wisdom Wednesday where I'll be answering questions for the audience. So submit them by Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And you can train your audience to know, okay, every Wednesday at a certain time, she's going to be coming on or he's going to be coming on and, and talking about what's new in their business, their world and what problems they're solving. Absolutely. I love that concept of the wonderful wisdom Wednesday. (laughs) 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 Yes, that's great. And what about like stories? Do you find that you're just constantly posting on stories and just keep those like always have a story going? Yes. So, you know, things happen, right? Business owners, we are busy, but yes, you want to continue having your stories up and running. You know, they, they stay up for 24 hours, right? You can always turn a fascinating story into a highlight very easily. So whatever you think is representing your business as a whole, and you got, you get the most engagement, you should turn that into a highlight. I, that's what I recommend. Um, but I try to have stories up and running. If not, it's not good to go more than five or six days without having a story up. Yes. Great advice. And so do you recommend having a mix of like IGTV and stories and posts? And now we've got reels are thrown into the mix too. Oh, reels, yeah. I guess as you're thinking about like creating your monthly content calendars, are you having a mix of those? Do you think the algorithm likes that? I'd love to hear what your thoughts and recommendations. Yeah. So So stories are very important. Now, when it comes to IGTV, I encourage my clients and I push them a little bit to at least go live twice a month. And the reason is because the more you're talking, the more Instagram is getting to know you, right? It's just... To me, it's a numbers game when it comes to the words, right? If you're saying, I'm a wellness guru, I'm a wellness guru, and that keeps on coming up, Instagram will now know you as a wellness guru and can send more people over to your platform to check out your IGTV. So when it comes to like a calendar or calendar blocking, um, three or four posts a week, at least two IGTVs a month, and then stories throughout your week at your own pace. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great recommendation. Yeah, and I've even found, just like you were talking about earlier, is like there's actually less posting on the feed. And what I do love, though, is that you can repurpose an IGTV. Well, if you go live, you can repurpose it as an IGTV that also posts to your profile. So I have found some success with that with clients is that we'll take videos um, and put them up as IGTV. Yes, And what's nice too with IGTV is that I think it's at the 52nd mark, right? If somebody's speaking and then at 50 seconds it says, do you want to to continue watching? And you click on it, it takes you to another page. That sparks the algorithm as well to recognize that, oh, okay, people are grasping what you're saying and they like it. So let's continue to promote it. Right. Yes. And I've noticed too, as like a consumer on the platform, the more IGTVs where I've clicked through to say, yes, continue watching, the more that person's content is then fed to me afterwards. And like every video and every post is coming up and I am 
then more prone to engage with it. So I think that's another just great engagement tool and another way for people to get to know you, your platform and what you have to offer. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, going a little bit back to followers, right? If you are one that likes to follow other accounts, again, it's really important to follow accounts that are similar to yours, maybe in a different demographic or someone that has a little bit different theory than yours. Because again, like you said, you'll start to see that suggestion come up more and more. Well, it would be nice too if somebody else is watching a IGTV video from someone else that's similar to you for your information to be suggested. Mm -hmm. And how do you find those suggestions usually come through to people? Is it like in their explore page? Is it when they're searching specific hashtags? Yeah. So hashtags is, is big, right? Uh, You can go on the hashtags and see other people's platforms and, and see what they're about, right? Hopefully it pertains to the hashtag you clicked on. (laughs) But now um, Instagram has a special page where I've seen it when I'm just kind of going through stories. It has a page that has at least three different accounts that says suggested by Instagram. So that's how people are finding um, different accounts as well. Based upon where you've been kind of poking around and looking, they can start to gain data on you to see what you like to engage with yourself. Yes. Now that you say that, I'm like, I get served that like every day, but it's usually like my client accounts on there because it knows I'm switching between my accounts and my client accounts. And it's like, you should follow your client. And I was like, ah, I could, but I also manage that account. (laughs) And there's something that I call the Oprah effect too, which is like, if you go to Oprah's uh, page and you follow her, right, there'll be about 25 suggestions right underneath. Like, oh, you like Oprah? Well, you'll probably like Gail King, which is her best friend, Michelle Obama. I think we all know who that is. Um, MSNBC and, you know, Fox News to kind of switch it up, right? So that's how people are finding other individuals as well. So I, I tend to like to um, follow and unfollow and see what's suggested <laughs> to me sometimes especially with my other account uh brunch with brie which is a talk show yes no i think that's a really good point that you're bringing up so if anyone is listening to this and on instagram at the same time i mean you can go to any account and you follow it there's like a little down arrow and it will suggest similar accounts which is really interesting just to kind of see what pops up especially if you're trying to build more community with other like-minded individuals that you know maybe aren't like you but are like specific people who are engaging with your content, that's another great way just to find other people who have interest in what you are promoting and talking about on your platform. Yes. And it can kind of, I'll warn everybody, it can get kind of dangerous, right? Because you then get these suggestions and you're like, oh, let me check this person out, this person out. I was looking for recipes and I followed this one lady. I think it's uh, What's Gabby Cooking? She's great. She, you know, she will cook right along. Yeah, she's awesome. Especially for someone that like wants to do low carb. Well, I clicked on her and then it was like, oh man, like three hours later, I'm like looking at all these platforms and getting these recipes. So that was great for me. Not so great for the waistline, but you know, there's grace. So (laughs) it's definitely a a tunnel that you can go in and, and see what other people are doing. Yes, there can be many rabbit holes on social media for sure. And I actually, that's why I love their new tools that you have now that will tell you how long you're spending on the platform. <laughs> right. Alarms now. So it'll tell you like you spent your hour allocation on here and it'll send you a little pop up, which I think is kind of a cool tool as well, especially if you're going in with the intention to spend 15 minutes engaging with people. Like you can kind of set time limits around it, which is wonderful. Right. Absolutely. 
So we mentioned the magic word a little earlier of hashtags, Hashtag. <laughs> uh, something I get so many questions about. And so I'd love to kind of dive into the world of hashtags. How do we start to create a strategy in using hashtags? How many should we be using per post? How often should we change them up? Maybe we can even talk about like when to use them in stories. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear maybe just like your general recommendations for your hashtags and then we can dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. So hashtags is a very hot topic. Where to put them? How many? Um, I always tell my clients to use the full 30. Why not? Because it's just more places that your information can be. Um I was always taught by these influencers to put the hashtag in the comments. Your hashtag should be the first comment on a post um, for the full effect. Not to mention when you're doing a post, telling people in your stories, hey, I have a new post, and then using your own personal hashtag. And what I mean by that is I created hashtags for myself and my clients do as well. Uh, hashtag Briefalo Consulting, hashtag Brand Strategy, hashtag Doing the Work. And we can talk about why I put Doing the Work in later. <laughs> it's just something that kind of, you know, the three hashtags that I use consistently. So when people click on those three, they can see almost a resume of all the client wins that I've had uh, with my clients and or where I'm at in the world, fill in the blank, right? So it's just another place to track and people, you can send people so that they know what you're doing. Yes. I love that strategy. That's a great idea. (laughs) And just having almost like a portfolio page tied to a hashtag. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the biggest thing right now is there's something that's called dead hashtags. And what I mean by that is let's just use Kim Kardashian again. If you click on Kim Kardashian, hashtag Kim Kardashian, you're going to see a plethora of people that are doing things besides, you know, fawning and fanning over Kim K, right? And so what Instagram has done is they made it so if if these hashtags are not being used appropriately, they're being marked as spam. And if you use them, then your account can potentially be blocked. And so to avoid that, I always type in best hashtags for and you fill in the blank into Google. And there is a website called besthashtags.com and those are hashtags that have been verified to be alive that you can use and what's nice is say that you put in you know best hashtags for wellness if you go to besthashtags.com they'll give you groups of 30 to use and I encourage people to switch it up and see their traction see which group of hashtags work the best to get traction and get people to your page Yeah, that's a great idea. I definitely recommend also Googling some, but I didn't realize besthashtags.com actually verifies that they're in use Yes, because sometimes it's easy to find those lists of hashtags on Google, but then there might be one or two that are not, you know, that haven't been verified. So I always still recommend going and like searching on Instagram just to make sure that people are using the hashtag how you are intending to use it. And that makes Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then making sure that the hashtag number is not too much because you don't want to be drowned out, right? So if there's, you know, a quarter of a million people posting, when you post and you use that hashtag, your hashtag will, or excuse me, your your information will potentially be drowned out pretty quickly. So, I mean, I always strive for anywhere between 5,000 and 20,000 followers of the hashtag. Right. I think that's great. Um Yeah, I think there's kind of different tiers that you can take. And sometimes it's nice to have a mix. Like if there are, like maybe use one or two hashtags in that group of 30 that 
have a million uses to them, but then maybe 15 of those hashtags have like 5,000 or less. And then you take the other chunk that's in between like 200,000 and 500,000. It's always kind of interesting just to kind of test and see which creates more reach or more engagement of new people versus your followers. Exactly. Right. So I guess when we're talking about the posts on the feed and we are talking about maybe having different hashtags, how do you manage using different hashtags? Because I know for me, I don't like to use the same hashtags on every single post because I think, again, that can flag it as spam for Instagram. Right. So do you have a system for managing different hashtags based on what you're posting? Yes, absolutely. So it kind of goes back to what we were saying about how frequent you're, you're posting, right? Because if you are posting a ton, then there's less chance that you can actually see and track how the hashtags are being used. Um, so if you post something on a Monday, if you're going to post again, wait till Wednesday, um, and then you can see which hashtags are most effective, right? Now, that could also be what your content is, right? So that's where it becomes pretty tricky because there's some posts that my my potential clients or my audience just like more, right? My fun quotes or or um, when I'm doing a video and it's on the post feed, I get a lot of traction with those type of posts. But giving yourself a break and then seeing, okay, how many people are actually engaging? And when I say engaging, liking, but also commenting as well. And then you can see that when you when you look at your, your um, profile and you look at the bottom and you see the little heart, would you call it an emoji, Charlotte? I wouldn't call it an emoji, just like the little heart template you'll see who is liking, who's engaging, who's commenting. Mm -hmm. Do you call it the emoji (laughs) at the bottom? The icon? The icon. Thank you. The dashboard. (laughs) Yes, that they keep moving. So now it's on the top. Right. Right. Yeah. I know because they've moved shopping and reels to the bottom. Yeah. And then (laughs) your posting tools at the top, which – I dislike (laughs) looking at this. um, There was someone explaining this in a video that like from a developer standpoint, because we're always holding our phone in one hand. So it's like, how far can your thumb reach? And it's got like a windshield wiper reach when you're holding it. And so now these tools are up above where your thumb naturally goes. And so (laughs) from a user experience, I'm kind of surprised Instagram did that. I get that they want to become more of like a shopping platform. And it could be really great if you have a product-based company, but it is a little bit frustrating. I'm having to like use two hands all the time to (laughs) to navigate Instagram, which is okay. But um, (laughs) I I would love to be a fly on the wall during that discussion. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I'm one that's flexible. I mean, you know, you know, in marketing, right, things are popping up, you have to adjust. But I have to say when I went to my stories, and the whole layout was different, I just did a big, sigh. (laughs) I like things to stay how they are. (laughs) But that's what happens. That's why you have to, you know, meet with people like us to keep you informed about the changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think my other big pet peeve is that when you go to post something, it's like asking you, where do you want to post it? I'm like, oh my gosh, I just used to be able to hit like two buttons and it was so automatic and I'm having to like retrain myself now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'd love to maybe circle back to the analytics conversation Mm -hmm. and kind of dive into maybe what analytics we can be looking at to track how well our performance on Instagram is and 
if there's any insights there that you'd like to share about analytics. Yeah. So my best friend, and I learned a lot about this um, through this other influencer I was working with, um, what's Gabby eating? She's fabulous. She's actually in Australia right now, just eating Thai and American infused food. So what a great job, right? Um, She was finding when she was traveling a lot and eating, she was missing people and people are DMing her and saying, okay, where, where are you? And, and we're seeing, we're missing your posts. We're missing your lives. We want to be in the action. And so she went over to her analytics and she was able to see that majority of the people that were viewing her content were in Africa and Asia between the ages of 23 and 43, and they were viewing it at two in the morning. And so that's the kind of information that your analytics can give you. It can tell you the the gender of the people that are looking at your profile, the time of when they view it, and then what posts are being engaged with at what time. And so that's when you can start to build your own schedule and see, okay, if, you know, for instance, like with Saide Sylvia, you know, a, a mother of young children, right? Well, some moms are up during the middle of the night because they are feeding their child. So maybe it's better to do a post at 7 p.m. and, and have that ready to go versus 7 a.m., right? Because the people that are up feeding, they're able to see the content. So that's where the analytics and the data come into play and can be very helpful for businesses. Absolutely. And I would also say looking at the your reach of your posts and then also the overall engagement, I think as well, is really important to make sure that that's increasing over time. I mean, there's going to be periods of time where it might dip a little bit depending on post frequency and just how active people are that given week on the platform. Right. Right. One area that I really enjoy is it lays out Monday through Sunday and it can show you in graph form which days are the highest for your reach and for your engagement. And it was funny, I was looking back on my own a couple of weeks ago. And for some reason, Tuesday afternoon, I had like just, it was skyrocketing people on the platform, maybe because they were sleeping on Monday. And then Wednesday, they were, <laughs> it was hump day. So they didn't want to engage as much. But knowing the, that information is, can be crucial because now I know, okay, I'm getting a lot of engagement in on Tuesday on Tuesdays at this particular time, maybe it's best for me to post something or do a story and that talk about the promos that I have, et cetera, at that time. Yes. That's great information to be able to access. And I think what's cool too, is that you can kind of go back and look at your stories too, to see how much if your stories reached, if, especially if it's already expired after the 24 hour limit, right? you do actually have access to go back and look at your stories and see what your reach is. And so you can kind of start to see, you know, are you, again, maybe Tuesday people are watching more of your Instagram stories and um, getting more data that way, which I think is really, really powerful. Right. Absolutely. So there's one element of the profile that we haven't really talked much about, which is the bio piece of it. Um, And I also wanted to dive into the link as well. So do you have recommendations if you're, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you are the face of the brand, you're running your profile, like what elements do you think are most important to have in the bio? And then also, do you recommend using something like a link tree to populate more links in your profile? Because you can only have that one link in your profile right now. Mm-hmm, right. So yeah, link tree is, is definitely something that if you have multiple things going on, you want to put up the bios that I see getting the most 
traction is bios that have a clear message of what you can do for the potential client, right? So I'm a high ticket sales coach helping female entrepreneurs go from $0 to a million in three years, right? Those are the best kind of profiles because that's a snapshot really quick, right? Because bio, there's not a lot of room wiggle room for a lot of content. It's very short and to the point. So if you can, you know, obviously your name is up there and your handle, but then talk about what you actually do and who your potential client is in a snapshot, it is important. And then the link tree is nice because you have that link up and say that you are this high ticket sales coach. You can talk about webinars. You can have your website on there. You can have a, you know, a free discovery call link, not to mention if you have a a free PDF where it's like 10 tips to, to making a high ticket offer that can all be in the link tree. So it's like a one-stop shop which is really nice <laughs> trying to save space. Right. You know, that's all great, uh, great information. And I think the more that you can tell people exactly who you serve, who you are and how you're going to help them and really make that just a quick snapshot is really important because that's going to be where people are then invited to stay and check out more of your content. And then yes, click on your links to take that next step. Yes. So I want to kind of switch gears with you because I know that we were also going to talk about another project that you have going on and it's helped support business leaders with their health, wealth, and connection to the divine. And this is something, you know, with this podcast, one of my goals is also about nurturing ourselves as entrepreneurs as much as is about the strategy behind our marketing. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that project. Yes. So I'm founder and CEO of Health wealth and the divine membership. And it's mainly like a a ministry. Um, I have a background. Um, I went to Nyack College, uh, which is a Christian missionary alliance. So I have um, a background with working with different individuals and people when it comes to their spirituality. Mine is Christianity. Um, But what I was finding in this entrepreneur journey is that there's a lot of people that are doubting their worthiness and doubting if they have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And so in this program, um, I come alongside you and we talk about obviously your goals um, in your business, but also personal development. Um, Kind of going back to what we said earlier about having fun on the platform, I saw that a lot of people were stuck, um, really stressed out. Um, imposter syndrome was thrown out there a lot. Why would somebody listen to me? Who am I? I don't have these degrees or I don't have these connections. And we have to, at that time, I'd have to take them, you know, to the side and and. I don't want to use the word preach, but encourage them to let them know that they are worthy. They are worthy of being healthy. That's, you know, mentally, spiritually, sexually, all of it, right? Because it all affects your business, your mindset. And then the wealthy part, um, that's not only just currency, but also time. Um, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we forget that you know, one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is is to have time with your loved ones, to have times to put energy into other parts of your life, but we can get so bogged down and, and kind of lose our way in the business grind. And then the divine is, is the spirituality part, which for me is Jesus. I'm just making sure that my mission and my stance on my business practices are at the forefront and that it's, you know, that I'm connected to this higher power, which again, to me is God. Um, so that my mission just stays on track and that I don't, slip into comparison or slip into the the ugly realm of of self-doubt yes 
which I think is a very easy thing to do, especially when you're spending a lot of time on Instagram, because it's easy to find 10 people who do something very similar to what you do. But I think it's really important to come back and know that your own unique lens and experience is what's going to cause someone to work with you, as well as your own personality. Some people might that's very similar, and there's tons of marketing strategists out there. But I have my own personality that meshes with certain other people more so than others. And so I think it's important to remember that. And I definitely, as an entrepreneur, have experienced imposter syndrome and the sense of worthiness, too. I think that's been a huge self-awareness for me is not realizing that that was one of the underlining reasons for why I wasn't moving forward in my business was because I had these big periods of time of not feeling worthy to put myself out there or to ask for the new client or to go after a speaking engagement, whatever it was, there was definitely those moments. But for me, they've ultimately been invitations to grow and expand. And so I love that you have this piece of it as well, because I think that's so important to me, make sure we're nurturing ourselves as whole people so we can show up, if it be on Instagram or other platforms, just in our day-to-day lives to help and serve others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can only, you know, talk about my personal experience, right? The pandemic hit, I'm, I'm back at home, I'm working. And then I see, you know, my, I don't know if I would call them my colleagues or people that are in the similar field, you know, closing big deals. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then I, I look to the left and I see somebody doing something similar, but a little different. And I'm like, oh, I should try that. But then I had to like kind of reel it in and realize, well, that's not me. And it's like what you were saying is that people will be drawn to your personality and what you're per- offering, not necessarily what just the newest trick out there, right? So just making sure that we're honing in on, on who we are as a person because our pers- our perspective of who we are and where we're going, it definitely can affect our businesses and our lives. Absolutely. Could not agree with that more. <laughs> And so before I ask my last question, I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram at briefalo and it's briefalo consulting. You'll see that. I also have a talk show that I, um, I do have a large following there that I have built up and that's for my paying clients to come on and we talk about what we've been working on and we have some fun, you know, sometimes we have cocktails, sometimes it's tea. Um, but I love brunch. I, I fell in love with the whole notion of brunch in New York. So come on, have some, you know, nibbles and, and watch. So that's where you can find me brief and then obviously brunch with Brie. Awesome. I love, I love a good brunch. So I am all for it. <laughs> right. And a strong cocktail. No. Yes, <laughs> Awesome. So my last question for you is how does being intentional show up in your life or business? Oh, every day, every day being intentional shows up. Um, it really starts when I get out of bed, right? What, what is my objective? What am I putting out there? And then what am I asking of my clients, my audience, my family? So, um, having a clear intention of where you're going and goals that you're striving to is something that I feel like I've been honing down a lot. Um, Very easy to get scattered and lose your way. So with being intentional, to me, that's just a lot of like planning and and bullet points and, and, and journaling, just making sure that I'm checking in with myself, my clients and, and the people that I want to serve and, and checking in with myself, making sure that I'm serving myself 
along with my community. Ah, yes, that was a wonderful answer. And I think a perfect recap to this conversation too, because I think it doesn't matter if we're, you know, setting goals for ourselves personally or setting goals on Instagram, it's very easy to get scattered. And like we said, we can go down social media rabbit holes. But I think there's even been a silver lining to 2020 is that we've had this opportunity to simplify and to really get focused and intentional to stand in who we are. And then, of course, to have fun along that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Right? That's what I always say. What are you doing? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bree. I think this has been a true masterclass in Instagram and a great reminder of continuing to show up and add value to the world in the way that's very unique to us individually. So I cannot thank you enough for being here. Oh, thank you for being you. And thank you for having me on. I love your podcast. I was so excited. Couldn't sleep. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) hey, thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode is available. And if you really love this episode, please rate and review the podcast so that other conscious business leaders like yourself can join our community of listeners. If you'd like to connect with me further, you'll find me hanging out on Instagram at Charlotte Chipperfield. Come join me there or check out chipperfieldmedia.com for free resources, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, and learn more about the holistic marketing system. 